It's one thing to look at one piece of equipment and decide when it is due for replacement. It's another thing to look at the whole fleet of equipment across an enterprise, all competing for the same funding, and decide what is the best approach for your life cycle plan of your entire inventory. We refer to this sometimes as capital life cycle planning or capital planning. That may not be the most appropriate terminology because not all medical equipment is capital, depending on your organization's rules for what you consider a capital expense versus an operational expense. But the overall idea is looking at your entire equipment inventory and determining what is that life cycle plan. I feel like oftentimes we make things a little bit more complicated than they need to be. Don't get me wrong, capital life cycle planning is very complex, it is very difficult, but I think sometimes we overcomplicate things with formulas and calculations and metrics that tend to cloud the data and bog down the process of life cycle planning. It's a bit like buying and selling a thousand different stocks at the appropriate time rather than looking at them as a portfolio. Your medical equipment life cycle is a medical equipment portfolio. It's essential to start with the key metrics and the key measures in managing that portfolio before you get more complex and sophisticated and adding in additional calculations and metrics. Once you nail the key anchors and some supplemental data elements, then you can start to add more sophistication as you feel comfortable, being careful not to cloud the data and bog down the process. The following are two data anchors and two supplemental data points that are a good place to start when you're planning your equipment life cycle. The anchor points are the capital replacement cost, pretty obvious, the expected life of the equipment, pretty obvious, and the supplemental points are the service and reliability, as well as a very important aspect, the utilization. Let's break these down a little bit further. The two anchor points are capital replacement cost and expected life of equipment. These are both essential points that you need to have in your life cycle plan. You need to know what the equipment's going to cost and how long is it going to last. So let's start with capital replacement cost. Here's where we start to get into the confusion of definitions. When we talk capital replacement cost, we'll hear terms like asset value, actual price, book value, and list price. Some of these definitions can vary, but I think of asset value as the value of that asset, not the particular asset, but the replacement value of that asset, whether we replace that exact asset or we replace it with a like asset. So this is a generic value that is assigned to that general piece of equipment. The actual price is what you paid for that equipment. This can be valuable information in some cases, but when you're talking life cycle, knowing the actual price only tells you what you paid for that existing piece of equipment, not what you would pay for a replacement, especially if you are going to change the equipment standard going forward. The other thing to consider is that the actual price can vary based on negotiated rates. So if you get a two-for-one deal one year, you can't expect to necessarily get that same deal. So if you're using that actual price, which essentially is half price, in your life cycle plan, you're going to be shortchanged when you figure out what your budget is for that replacement cycle. 
the book value is important, but not in the sense of what to budget for the replacement of that equipment. The book value is the depreciated value. So that is the value that's left in your accounting books after the equipment has been depreciated. This is not the replacement value. It could come into play when you're considering what value you might get as a trade-in, or if you're to sell that equipment in exchange for cash in order to put toward new equipment, then the book value is important. But as far as the overall budget number to use for the replacement cost of that device, the book value is not appropriate. The list price could work similar to the asset value. However, the list price is the published list price of that equipment, and it may not be appropriate if the list price is tied to a specific vendor and a specific model, and then you decide to replace that equipment with something different. Using the list price of the previous model may not be the most appropriate. That's why I suggest you use some sort of generic asset value that would not only cover the cost of what replacing the equipment is with like equipment, but also would cover the cost of any other potential options you may use to replace that equipment in the future. The asset value should also include additional expenses other than the cost of the actual equipment. That's another weakness of using the list price because that's only taking into consideration the cost of the equipment, whereas there may be other capital costs associated with the equipment such as construction, integration, and implementation costs. So when establishing that capital replacement cost, establish a generic asset value and make sure to include potential construction, integration, and implementation costs so that your multi-year approach captures all of the costs you anticipate associated with that equipment. Now that you've established the cost of the equipment, you have to establish what is the life expectancy of that equipment. One point right off the bat is it's not typically useful to use the depreciated life or the accounting life for that equipment. In other words, if you buy a piece of equipment and the depreciation schedule says this equipment will last five years, that doesn't necessarily mean that that equipment will last five years. That just means that the accounting practices will depreciate the value of that equipment over five years, but the equipment may last longer than that. So the expected life of the equipment may not align with the depreciated life. So how do you determine what the expected life is? Well, there may be some rules of thumb out there as far as what you would expect out of a certain piece of equipment or a certain model, but there are some measures that exist that help us determine what the end of that life is that we may or may not know at the beginning or when we purchase that equipment, but we may find out as the life cycle comes to an end. One of those terms is considered end of life. Now, end of life is a very general term. It could mean it's no longer supported. It could mean that it's supported but parts are limited. It could mean that it's just no longer produced but it's still supported. So you have to determine whether this is an end of production or is this an end of service life and how does that fit into your expected life of the equipment. Typically it's most appropriate to use the time when that equipment is no longer supported and that could be no longer supported from the vendor or the manufacturer or that can be no longer supported from your in-house capabilities. The reason it's important to determine the difference between these various end-of-life definitions is that oftentimes a clinical department will hear or get notice that their equipment is end-of-life and they will feel that it is now appropriate to replace that equipment, whereas that may not always be the case. It's important to understand what that end-of-life actually means and whether that equipment could be supported for a longer period of time.
So your anchor points are the capital replacement cost and the expected life of the equipment. The two important supplemental data points are service and reliability and utilization. Let's start with service and reliability. This is where you use your data related to your service and maintenance program. This could be data such as mean time between failures. This could be parts and support availability. This could be repair frequencies. This could be the end of life notices. This could be risk and safety aspects. But the important piece of this is to consider service and reliability in relation to the life cycle. So even though the expected life of your equipment could be seven years, you would want to take a look at your service and reliability and decide, does it make more financial sense or are there risks associated with keeping this equipment longer that we should replace this equipment ahead of schedule? If a clinical leader comes into the capital life cycle process and says, my equipment is unreliable, that's where you need to turn to the data and validate whether that's actually the case. It could mean that it's unreliable within the last few months, but does that mean that this is going to be unreliable into the future? And does it warrant that it is due for replacement earlier than what the expected life of the equipment is? The last supplemental data point is utilization. Even though you establish the life of a piece of equipment, or you establish that the service and reliability is at a point where the equipment needs to be replaced, you always have to ask the question of whether this actually needs to be replaced or not. That's where you look at the utilization. Again, you need to go to the data. Just because you have the equipment now doesn't mean that you need the equipment in the future. You need to look at the efficiency of your program. Could you do the same thing with less equipment? You can validate this through patient volumes and looking at your hours of operation and can you extend the hours in order to better utilize the equipment that you have and not have to replace this equipment? Can you look at additional projections? What's going to happen in the market? Do you need this equipment long term? These are all questions you need to ask before or you just assume that the equipment needs to be replaced because it's due or because it's unreliable. And as a side note, the best way to reduce your equipment service and maintenance expense is to get rid of equipment or not add equipment. That is to look at the utilization. During the capital planning process is the best time to take a look at those metrics. A life cycle plan in its most basic sense is a list of all of your equipment, the expected life of the equipment, and the asset value of that equipment. Essentially, you can just assume that you buy the equipment, it lasts for its full useful life, and then you'll have to replace it at the asset value cost. If you take your entire equipment inventory, you could plot that over time and see, does each year come out evenly? Meaning, do I spread out the funds of that replacement cycle evenly each year, or do I have certain years where it's going to come out really high and I'm going to need to fund a higher capital replacement one year versus another? If over the next five years you project that you'll have a $10 million capital spend, but one of the years, say year three, it's projected to be $20 million, you may opt to spend some of that the year before and some of it the year after in order to smooth out the curve slightly so that you can plan a little bit more systematically as to what you're going to spend each year for your capital budget rather than having one year be an extreme outlier.